wabarakatuh. Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillahirabbil alamin wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ba'd. We praise and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our creator. We invoke peace and blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam upon his family, his companions and all those that follow the right path until the day of resurrection. We continue with our matan, which is the matan of Abi Ishaq al-Ilbiri. We started this matan uh, last week for those who were not here. And I did explain that this matan is a matan that talks about the importance of talabul ilm, the importance of attaining knowledge. And by knowledge, I mean religious knowledge, the knowledge of the Quran and the knowledge of the Sunnah. Uh, what prompted the writing of this matan is that Abi Ishaq al-Ilbiri uh, was attacked by a man called Abu Bakr who is largely an, an ignorant man and he spoke some bad things. He said some bad things about Abu Ishaq al-Ilbiri who is a scholar. In responding to Abu Bakr, Abu Ishaq al-Ilbiri does not use any harsh words to respond to him but he simply writes these abiyat to encourage him to seek knowledge. And I did mention that actually Abu Ishaq al-Ilbiri starts by accepting that everything that Abu Bakr said about him is right. All the criticisms, whatever the criticism was, he says all the criticism is correct. In fact, I thank you because you only mentioned a few of my weak points and you did not mention all of them. There are many bad things which I know about myself, which you have not mentioned, so I thank you for that. But here is my advice. My advice is that you should seek knowledge, uh, the knowledge of Islam, the knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah, and this is going to help you in your life. So these abiyat are directed to uh, this man called Abu Bakr, but also directed to every Muslim um, outlining the importance of talabul ilm. We started the abiyat. I think we can continue where we left off. Uh, we should be on bait number nine. Tafadhal ya Sheikh Sulaiman. Naam. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qala al-Musannif Abi Ishaq al-Ibiri rahimahullah wa tahmiru minhu fi nadayka tajan. Fi nadayka. Fi nadayka tajan. Naam. Um, uh, you remember he was talking about the importance of, of ilm. He continues to say, You're going to carry with you as a result of this ilm when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it to you in every majlis that you're going to, to sit in. If you find a group of people seated and you join them, wherever you will go, you will be carrying with you a crown. A crown is uh, what the king puts on, on his head. In order to symbolize that someone is a king, he is given a crown, right? Which uh, identifies him as the leader, as, as the king. As for knowledge, no one is going to give you uh, a physical crown to put on your, on your head. But subhanallah, the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this ilm is that even if you don't have a crown on your head, when you arrive in a majlis and you sit down, people see a crown on your, on your head as if you are the king. When you arrive in, in a majlis, everyone recognizes that you have, you have uh, arrived 
because uh, of this ilm. In short, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns you into a king with this, with this ilm. Not a king that people have to, to vote for, not a king because you uh, uh, belong to the royal blood, a king simply because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you this ilm. Whenever you arrive in a majlis, tahmil fi nadi kataj, and you'll be carrying a crown on your, on your head. It's not physical. You can't touch it, you can't see it, but everyone sees it. Uh, you are distinct from among the people, even if they are one million, two million people. For you, where you are seated, people will know you are there. And the Taj, the crown, is going to shine out to them because of the importance of this ilm. Now, then he says, And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, automatically dresses you in beauty. Even if the other people are nicely dressed and you don't have any fancy clothes. You, you don't have to look, to look very, very smart. You don't have to have the most expensive perfumes. You don't have to wear the most expensive wristwatch in the world in order for people to recognize you. You know, most of these things, we wear them because we want to be seen by, by people. Not so. When you buy uh, a new thorpe, an expensive one, you, you don't buy it for, for yourself to see. Most of the time, we buy it so that people can, can see. Right. You go out to the people, and when they say, this is a nice thorpe, you're happy. Because that's why we buy these clothes, in order to be recognized by, by people. We wear expensive watches, expensive rings, and expensive things because we want to be seen by, by people. But the Nadim, rahimahullah, he says, as for you, you, you don't need all that. You, you don't need the expensive clothes, you don't need expensive wristwatches, you don't need gold, you, you don't need diamonds in order to be seen. For you, just your ilm is enough. Even if you're wearing ordinary clothes, when you arrive, people will notice. For the other people, in order to be noticed, they have to, 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 to wear things. You know, that's why the Shabab, the, the age of, of Shabab is a very, very funny age. You know, the Shabab are not happy to be ignored by people. You know that, the, the young men. They, they don't want to arrive in a majlis and look ordinary, look like every person. Young men don't want that. Young men want attention. When they arrive in a majlis, they want everyone to notice that they have arrived. Now, to their surprise, you know, people really don't pay them much attention. So what do they do? They have to do something surprising which will make people look at them every time. So as a result, they're going to cut their hair differently so that you can look at them. You, you get my point? They'll cut it here and cut it there and, and dye it on top so that they can look different, so that you can notice them. Because they think if they don't do that, no one is going to see them. No one is going to notice them. You, you get my point? Sometimes they'll do funny things. Uh, they're probably going to, uh, to cap their teeth with lots of gold so that when they smile, everyone sees a lot of gold and they'll notice them. They say, Which guy? Say, the one who has a lot of gold teeth. If, if people still don't notice them, they'll buy strange trousers which call attention to them. Okay. Big trousers, green here, blue here, red behind, uh, yellow on the side, zipper here, and so on with buttons in order to attract attention. They want, when they arrive in the majlis, people must know someone has arrived in the, in, in the majlis. But with ilm, you don't need all that. You can be the simplest person in the world, but when you arrive with your ilm, 
You don't need the fancy things. You don't need the gold. You don't need the silver. You don't need to attract people in, in any other way. Just being an alim is enough for the majlis to move and for everyone to know that an alim has, has arrived. So he's giving Abu Bakr advice. Abu Bakr, if it's attention that you want, because you know sometimes we insult people because we want attention, right? We insult people so that people can see us. You go out, you go out on TV, you go out on Facebook, say some bad things, insult some people so that people can know you. He says, if it's attention that you are looking for, Abu Bakr, there's, there's no need to start insulting in order to gain attention. All you need to do is just, just gain some ilm. When you have some ilm, you will have all the attention. But I also need to mention that this should not be the aim of, of a person who is learning ilm. This comes with ilm, but it's not what we are looking for. As a scholar, you seek ilm because you're seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his happiness. But it's inevitable that these things are going to come with the, with the ilm. In the same way that risk comes with ilm, but a scholar or a student should not say, I'm learning so that I can have a lot of risk. That's, that's a wrong year. The intention is supposed to be pure. Your intention should be in order to seek ilm and help the people, teach the people, and gain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and everything else comes with it. The respect is going to come with it. The risk is going to come with it. Inevitably, that's Allah's doing, but the scholar should not aim for that. Now. The benefit of knowledge is going to come to you while you are alive. You will see the benefits of, of knowledge. You become one of Allah's uh, special people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects you in every situation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes life easy for you. You see the benefit of your ilm while you are alive. But with ilm, it doesn't end there. Even after you are dead, you still get the benefit of your ilm. It's the one thing that gives you benefit while you are in the world and also gives you benefit while you are gone. Everything that you taught is going to continue for a long time. Not for a short period of time, for thousands of years, it's going to continue. For example, if someone uh, reads Quran, the entire Quran with me from, from the beginning to the end, and I grant the person an ijazah, an ijazah is the license to recite the Quran and teach the Quran. I grant the person the ijazah. I'm going to write on the ijazah just to who I have permitted him and yaqra'a, that he should read, he can read this, this Qur'an, wa yuqri'a, and he can teach. Because what he reads is correct according to what we got from our sheikh, and I'll mention my sheikh. What he got from his sheikh, and I'll mention his sheikh. What he got from his sheikh, and I'll mention his sheikh. Just like that, you'll find that the chain will reach Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa most of the uh, ijazat at the, at the moment have less than, less than 40 people between, between the sheikh and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So now you try to imagine the people found in this sanad, in the uh, ijazah, 
Some of them lived like 1,000 years ago. Some of them lived 600, 700 years ago. But we continue to mention them in our ijazah because we got the Quran from them. Are we together? Because we got the Quran from them, we continue to mention them in the, in the ijazah because that's the sanat, that's the chain. So if you are a talibul ilm and you obtain this knowledge, you become a part of that chain, right? You've given an ijazah to a talib. This talib is going to give an ijazah to someone else and someone else and someone else. Even 1,000 years or 2,000 years from now, your name is always going to be written on the ijazah because you are the sheikh in the chain. So you may be gone, long gone, died 2,000 years ago, or died uh, uh, 1,500 years ago, but when issuing the ijazah, you, in, your name has to be there in the, in the ijazah. As we got it from Sheikh Fulani, Sheikh Fulani, Sheikh Fulani, and your name is going to be mentioned in the ijazah. And the thawab continues. There are many people that will take from that, that Quran. And they'll read the Quran every day. And this thawab comes to you in your grave every day. You are dead, yet you are alive. I keep saying every day, I want to look at the ijazah and ijazah of, forget about the ijazah of ilm, look at the ijazah of money. How far does the ijazah of money go? Inheritance, right? If, if I have some money and, and my son inherits the money, how long do you think this chain is going to, to, to go on? How many, how many years is this money going to be inherited according to your thinking? My son will inherit, but most likely his son will not even inherit it from him. It ends with, with my son, right? But if the ijazah I give my son, the inheritance I give my son is an ijazah, an ijazah in Quran, how far do you think this is going to go? Until the day of judgment. This is going to remain alive. So Abu Bakrin. I'm giving you advice if you want something to help you in this world and continue to help you while you are dead. And on the day of judgment, you're going to wear, to wear a taj on your head. Taj is a crown. Rasulullah says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to call the hafiz, the memorizer of the, of the Quran on the day of judgment. And he's going to call his parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to put them on a dais, on, on a mimbar. They're going to sit on a mimbar of light, his parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to put crowns on their heads. And they will say, Ya Allah, how do we deserve this? He says, your son who memorized the Quran and this is your honor, the honor I've given you. And he says to the Hafiz, read the Quran the way you used to read it in the world. Rattil kama kunta turattil. Recite it the way you used to recite. And as he recites, he keeps rising. The last ayah is his darajah in, in Jannah. The things of the world don't, don't last that long. Sometimes a person is going to be a very rich man and he leaves behind a lot of money. But it doesn't go to the second generation. It ends with the, with the first generation. Now I'm sure it's this knowledge is like uh, a sword, a very sharp sword 
laysa yambu which does not miss giving you ilm is like giving you a sword a sword with which the, you know a sword papa a sword the long knife this ilm is like hazbul muhannadu it's like a sword which is sharp laysa yambu it doesn't miss what is the sword for finish the page sheikh sulaiman you can hit with this sword any person and you will kill them with the sword when you are given ilm you have a weapon it's like a sword and you can kill so many people with with this sword you've seen sometimes in in a particular generation there might be just one alim one alim of the ulama sunnah and surrounded by lots of people of of bid'ah all right but you find he has a sharp sword with which he hits the people of bid'ah so much so that all of them run away from him and they are afraid of him and they don't want him nearby because he has a very sharp sword and that's always the situation a true alim is always feared by the people of bid'ah the people of kufr the 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 people of uh, uh, nifaq the people who don't want to follow the deen of allah are always afraid of this one alim with his sharp sword i'll i'll give you an example wala nuzaki ala allahi ahadan we don't uh, uh, elevate anyone above their station um for example uh, a sheikh ahmad didat right a sheikh ahmad didat he had a very sharp sword right very sharp sword that when he comes when the kufar here he is coming they tremble with fear with his sword he could hit anyone bring them pastor pope bishop whatever sheikh ahmad did that who beat all of them with his sword am i lying so when they feel it they start saying he should not come to our country uh, he shouldn't come to our country with his sword and with such ulama usually you find they're banned in in such and such a country banned in such and such a country banned in such and such a country because their sword is just too sharp to sibu bihi maqatila man asabta whoever you catch with that sword the person just just dies and i think you you know uh, you remember when sheikh bilal phillips uh, came here he he told us openly that he is that he is uh, banned from visiting the uk all right he didn't he didn't fight anyone in the uk he didn't steal from anyone in the uk but his his sword is probably too sharp yusibu bihi maqatila man darab whoever he hits he injures them try observe just look around you will see that the ulama the true ulama with knowledge the people of bid are hate them but when they see them when they see them they are so afraid they pretend to like them when they are alone batman bad things ever but when they see him assalamu alaykum because they know he has a sharp sword we can't we can't dare stand up to him and say 
what is this? What is this? Because he's going to say, Dalil, kida wa kida, waqala Allah, waqala Rasulullah, waqala, waqala, waqala. And they'll be embarrassed in, in, in front of the people. So they don't dare. They, they can't dare confront an alim. Have you ever seen them do such things with, with a reputable alim? The people of Bid'ah standing and challenging him to his face, bring Dalil and so on. Have you ever seen them do that? When, when they challenge him, how do they challenge him? In their houses. Okay, in the, in the safety of their houses where he can't hear them. That's where they challenge him. And he said, and he said, no, no, that's, that's not true. How can he say that? It ends there. They, 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 can't, they can't come out with their blunt swords to, 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 to fight him. They know they, 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 the swords are inactive. So if you have this ilm, when Allah hands you this ilm, Allah has given you a sword. This sword is dangerous. You could be one person, but you could kill with it 1,000, 2,000, 1 million, 2 million people with that, with that sword. Naam. So this ilm is also kanz. Kanz means a treasure. When we talk about treasure, we mean like gold or um, emeralds or um, diamonds. These are kunus, treasures, right? This is a treasure. Even money. Uh, money is a treasure, right? This ilm is also a treasure. But the difference is that with this treasure, you don't have to be afraid of thieves. With other treasures, when you have them, you're afraid of thieves. They will steal. All right? If I have a lot of gold, I, I don't know where to put it. If I put it in the house, I think, mm, if they come at night with their guns, they will grab the, 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 the gold. I think, uh, let me take it to Fulan for safekeeping. Mm, Fulan is going to steal my, my, my gold. Can I hide it in the bush? Mm, someone is going to find it in the bush. But this, this ilm, there's, there's no need to be afraid of anyone. No one can steal your, your cancer. It's there in your head. Khafiful hamli, very easy to carry. It's found wherever you are. It's not heavy. If, if you have uh, one million dollars, all right, you have one million dollars, um, and you're asked to, to go to, to Lusaka with, uh, with the one million dollars, how are you going to carry it? In briefcases, right? Okay, so now you enter the bus. Uh, where exactly are you going to put the, the briefcases? If they say, no, no, bring, bring one to put them in the trunk. Bring briefcases, big bags, bring, we put them in the trunk. Do you give them? No. My bags, I have to, have to keep them here. No, but there's no space. No, 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 this, this particular one, I can't, I can't let it go. Because this is cans. this is a treasure, right? And do you start dozing? The whole way to Lusaka, no dozing. Right? No dozing. You, you're a slave. You're a slave, you can't, you can't sleep. You're a slave, when getting out of the bus, you have to hold them like this and look around. If someone says, Assalamu alaikum, you run away. They're probably trying to steal my money, all right? But with the cans of, of ilm, there is absolutely no need for, uh, uh, for that. I think uh, you remember the story I, I told you of uh, a sheikh, subhanAllah, I, I've forgotten his name, but one of the uh, prominent Saudi sheikhs was uh, given $50,000 by a muhsid. 
$50,000 by Muhsin to go and distribute to give the students, right? Someone, Fa'il Khair, he says, Sheikh, here's $50,000 in, in a briefcase. You go to such and such an area and you give it to the, to, 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 to the students. He says, okay, mashallah, no problem. So he goes. As he is traveling, he goes to a certain masjid and it's time for salah. So he thinks, well, let me uh, pray my salah and then after that I'll, I'll proceed. But what he did was uh, he got the briefcase out because he was getting some things out of the, out of the car. Then uh, after that, he, he didn't remember exactly what, uh, what happened until he got into the masjid and, and started praying. He says, when I, when I started praying, uh, in, when I entered the masjid, naturally being uh, uh, you know, a prominent sheikh, people said, no, no, tafaldar, tafaldar, you lead the salah. He says, I, I went in front to, to lead the salah. The moment I said, Allahu Akbar, shaitan came to me and said, you removed the briefcase and you put it on the, uh, 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 on the ground outside the car. You, you didn't put it back in the, in the car. And there's $50,000 in the, in the briefcase. If, if anyone passes in the, in the car park, they'll just pick it up and go. At the beginning of the salah, he says, SubhanAllah, I've, I've never experienced a more difficult salah. I'm praying and my mind is, the money, the money is gone. The money is gone. He says after the salah, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. He says, I'll be sarah, I'll be frank, wallahi, I, I don't know where this salah started from and where it, it ended. But in my mind, I just wanted to go out and grab the briefcase and put it back in the, in the car. $50,000 and it's not my money, it's money that is supposed to be given to the students. He said, the moment I, I stood up, uh, people said, Sheikh, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. They broke the chair. No, Sheikh, you have to give us a kalima. You, you, you need to give us a short bayan. He says, Wallahi mashgul, I'm very busy. No, 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 Sheikh, we can't let you go. You have to, 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 to give us a short bayan. And I'm thinking the money in the, in the car park, someone, someone is going to, to, to steal it. But I can't refuse all the people saying, oh, Sheikh, sit down and give us a kalima. So he says, Allah, I, I sat down and all I could say was, when someone says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and begins to talk about Allah and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you should not go out. All of you are supposed to stay in the, in the masjid until the end of the kalima. So my biggest fear was if the, some of them go out, they'll, they'll find the money and, and get it. So that's the point I emphasized a lot. I said, Wallahi billahi, you should not walk out of the masjid. If someone says, Qala Allah, Qala Rasulullah, all of you should, should sit down and, and listen to the kalima. He says, I went through the kalima and I finished and subhanallah, I went back into the car park and for sure I hadn't put the briefcase back in the, in the car. But it was right there waiting for me. He says, I opened it, the money was there intact, I took it, put it back in the car and I made sajda of shukra and I went back into the masjid to repeat the salah. So uh, what I'm talking about is uh, money doesn't give you peace when, you, when you're carrying it. You, you become a kind of, kind of slave. Sometimes you think, if I have a lot of money, I'm going to have security. But the moment you get the money, it's just, just lots of problems. But with ilm, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. There's nothing like if I oversleep, for example, you're in Mina. You think if I oversleep, someone is going to, to, to steal my shatubiya. Or if I oversleep, someone is going to steal my Alfiyat bin Malik from, from my head. No one can steal it. Huh? This is Kans. You carry it in every uh, uh, majlis. Khafifun hamd. Very easy to carry. 
yujadu haythu kunta it's found wherever you are naam then it says yazidu bi kathrati al-infaqi minhu naam yazidu bi kathrati al-infaqi minhu the more you spend from this cans from this treasure the more it becomes with ilm the more you teach the more knowledgeable you become allah puts barakah in you ilm and you become a greater scholar every single day there are many people that went to certain places to go and attain knowledge they went there they attained the knowledge and they came back to their lands and they sat they didn't teach anyone and eventually from being big scholars of this knowledge they forgot all the knowledge and just became like ordinary people and that must happen with ilm when you don't teach you forget it becomes less and less when you don't give but when you giving it out you become more and more knowledgeable with money it's the opposite if you be spending every day your money is going to get finished all right if you spend every day you become poor when did we start this this muhadara when did this muhadara start i mean like meeting here as as you know, several years several years now right if if this is money that i was giving you on a daily basis for all these years i should be a broke man right now i can't afford coming here every day giving people money and going is if even if it's just saturday sunday and wednesday that money has to has to run out but alhamdulillah i'm happy to say since we started them hadarat to to this day uh personally what what i feel i i haven't been the same person i've i've changed every single day and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, kind of you know made ilm much easier for me easier than it was 2 years ago or even 3 years ago each time we meet if this continues if you meet me today inshallah saying by the grace of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you meet me today when you meet me tomorrow you don't expect to 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 meet the same person i'm i'm a different person tomorrow if you're going to meet me uh 3 years from now or 10 years from now you will be listening to a different person altogether that's that's the way it is not only with me but with everyone even you if you practice this ilm by teaching you go to your home you explain to your family 2 years 3 years from now you won't be the same person you'll be a knowledgeable person that's the way ilm is but if you listen here and sit on it and forget about it this ilm is not not going to improve at all so this comes becomes more the more you spend the kunuz of the world become less as you spend more of it now then he says shukr sulaiman نعم he says if you ever if you tested the sweetness of of this ilm if you tested the sweetness of of knowledge you would become so addicted that all the other things would become secondary to you the only thing is we've never tested the sweetness of of this ilm it is so nice it is so sweet that once you test it 
Everything else becomes secondary to you. I'm not saying it means you don't want the other things. You want them, but not the way other people want them. You know, we all, we all want money. No one can say, I don't want money. But the way some people want it is not the way other, other people want it. For some people, if they lose $1,000, you have to carry them on, on a stretcher to, 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 to the hospital. They're really, really disappointed. For some people, they will be disappointed, but it's, it's, really, it's really nothing. Because other, people, I mean, other things are more important to them in life. Have you observed that the ulama, most of the scholars, have named their books after Riyadh, Rawdha, Riyadh, 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 Riyadh al-Salihin, Rawdhatul Nadirin, Riyadh... Riyadh al-Mu'mineen, Riyadh, and so on. Most of the books are Riyadh, 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 Rawdha, Riyadh, Riyadh. Do you know what Riyadh is? You know Riyadh? Riyadh is an orchard, like a garden, a beautiful place where you have all the beautiful trees, fruits, rivers, everything. That is Riyadh. So they call their books Riyadh because when you start reading it, it's you enjoy like you are in a rawda, like you are in Jannah, as if you are surrounded by an orchard and beautiful streams and rivers flowing. It's just so enjoyable when you immerse yourself in that book. That's why it's called Riyadhu Salihin. For the Salihin, those who fear Allah, those who obey Allah, this book is Riyadh. They will feel like they are in Jannah. They feel so nice, they feel so happy. When you test knowledge, that's the way it feels. To the extent where some people start wondering whether you are normal or, or not. You know, there's a story of Sheikh Islam bin Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, when he was young. He was just about 10, 11 years old. His family was going out. They said they wanted to go out on a picnic to, to the river, you know, to, to swim and have a nice time. And they asked him to come. He said, I, 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 I'm not going. I'll remain here at home. So the entire family, his brothers, his sisters, all of them went for the, for the picnic. And they came back later in the evening. And you know with children, they, they have to, you know, uh, uh, rub it in the faces of their siblings, especially those who didn't go. We did this and we swam and it was beautiful and we ate and we did. You know what he said to them? He said, you went, you enjoyed, and you came back with nothing. For me, while you were away, I memorized this book of Nahum. To him, that's, that's so enjoyable. It's so nice. And for sure, his book of Nahu, the one he memorized, it's, it's his daily bread. You get my point? Something he enjoys every, every single day. When you memorize the Quran, when you read it, subhanAllah, you feel like it's, it's just something, something that cannot be compared to anything in the, in the world. It's your daily bread. Those who went, his brothers and sisters, they swam and they whatever. Who are they? What are their names? You don't know them. They swam, ah, and then, wabadin. But a Sheikh al-Islam bin Taymiyyah, you know him? We all know him. Alhamdulillah. So once you test the halawa of this ilm, the sweetness of this ilm, everything else becomes secondary. I'm amazed at, at some people. You know, uh, I'm not saying, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not saying scholars cannot uh, uh, get involved in some sport or whatever sometimes. I mean, we all, we all watch football, alhamdulillah. We all watch football and we even have teams that we, we support. Even if, even if they lose 15-0 or 20-0, 
it's, it's nothing. Because other things are more, more important in, in your life. But for some people, when, when, when their teens lose, subhanAllah, you see them... You, you, you see them not eating. They can't even eat. You say, why? What is the problem? You say, uh, my, my country, Angola, lost to, to, to Mozambique. I can't, I can't accept that. It is so important to him. But they were watching with other people. And this person is probably an island. He watched and for him, that's the end of the issue. He's gone back to, to his books and the football is forgotten. And it's, it's all over. We're not saying you can't live in the world. Live in the world, but... Don't make the world the most important thing to us. It's not the most important thing. He didn't say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, don't give us the world. Yeah, give us the world. But it shouldn't be the most important thing. Give us the world. Give us everything. We say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Our Lord give us in the world good things. We ask for them. But at the same time, after asking for them, we say, La taj'ali dunya akbar hammina. This should not be the most important thing in the, in the world. Your son should not be the most important thing in the world. Your wife should not be the most important thing in the world. Your, your uh, 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 father, mother should not be the most important thing in the world because if... For example, your wife is the most important thing to you in the world. When she dies, you must die too. Because the most important thing in the world to you is dead. Now you see why people commit suicide, right? Because they found something which is most important to them in the world, and it died, and they wanted to die with it, because there is nothing to live for. Huh? But if Allah is most important to you, Allah never dies. Allah can't die. You won't commit suicide because no one will come to you one day and say, Allah is dead. You can't. If Allah is the most important thing to you in the world, if you lose everything, you say, but, but the most important thing to me in the world is still here. Shaykhul Islam bin Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, was put in prison. You get my point? He was put in prison, but he looked okay. He was all right, happy, and so on. He said, not supposed to be happy in prison. People should look sad in, in prison. But you look so happy in prison. He said, because my Jannah is in my heart. My Jannah, my paradise, my Riyadh, my Rawdah is found in my heart. My Quran is in my heart. Everything I learned is in my heart. My happiness is found within here. For you, uh, your, your Jannah is your TV. Your Jannah is your phone. So when you go to prison and they take away the TV and take away the phone, your Jannah is outside. You die. Oh. You think they give satellite dish in the, uh, in the prison? Do they, Mahmoud? They satellite dish? Smartphone? So if smartphone is the most important thing to you, if, if you get locked up, subhanAllah, that's the end, right? Dead. In fact, for some people, you don't even need to take them to prison. Just grab their phone for two days. They will die, inshallah. Yeah, just two days. Take their smartphone. They will die. If, if you tell your son to do something, if he says, I can't do it, just say, I'm going to grab your smartphone. He'll say, Father, I'll do it. Because these have become the most important things to, to our people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. I think we have uh, run out of time. We can stop here for today. We continue with this uh, navm. Next week, by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa la taqulanna li shayin inni fa'ilun dalika qada illa in yasha Allah.
Subhanallah bihamdi subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik Subhana rabbika rabbil izati amma yasifun wa salamun alal mursalin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin